What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode 76, live in Denver, brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. I'm your host, J-Mac, a.k.a. founder numero uno, and I'm joined by the great Sam Bino and Jimmy Midtown. What's going on, gentlemen? Not much. We're in Denver. Super happy to be here. Yeah, We've excited. been here all of like 19 hours, I think one of which have been in the house. Yeah, dude, it's been a rough yeah. day. It's been a rough day. But I feel like we're going to have great chemistry because we don't have that like computer delay, yeah. which which kind of chops things up. We're, we can all kind of feed off of each other's physical mannerisms. Yeah, the vibes. I would say we feed off each other's intimate eye contact. Exactly. Yeah. Sam and I are looking at each other's eyes right I now. I like it. <laughs> I like it. I, I was... Uh, I mean, I feel like we're in the right place. This house is wild. Like, yes. I, I, there's some really strange messages written in the guest book. There's there's a flamingo, a Phil, like life size flamingo. Yeah, life size flamingo. There'll be pictures out later. Be sitting over on the couch. There's a lot of purples and teals. Yes. The clock is not comprised of numbers, but math equations. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're gonna have Mountain Carl here tomorrow to try to solve those. Mountain numbers. Carl is gonna be all about that clock. He is. I want to see his work though. We've talked about this. Yeah, he's gotta show his work. Yeah. I, I fully believe that he can get to the answers given the contextual clues you have of the actual clock, but I want to see his work. I want to see if he can get there. But He's yeah, prove it. Exactly. Yeah, it's been a, a hell of a, a trip to get here. We're excited. We're going to go to the Rockies game on probably Friday. We're going to try and definitely on Saturday. Already have tickets for that. We're going to sit out in the rock pile. Oh. Uh, I mean, that's probably one of the best names I've ever heard. What like, is the rock pile? That's like the bleacher seats. Okay. But they call it the rock pile, which I think is awesome. I think that's so. How cool do they name. compile their cups? Do we know how I, that works? I, I Ooh, cup snakes. The cup snakes. Yeah. So okay. we talked about that in the last episode. You'll have to get to that at okay. some point. But if it's called the rock pile, I expect a unique composition of cups. Okay. Agreed, or some sort of something. Hmm. So we'll we'll we're gonna record a pod there. So we'll be able to report on it while we're there. Yeah. Good. But I feel like there needs to be some sort of differentiator too, because it was very distinct on the website, like nice. very distinct. But they're I'm like excited. the outfield tickets, like the furthest out. I'm I'm super in on like the cup snake trend. I am uh, so I Sam thinks it's dumb. I get it. I think it's dumb that it's a story. I guess or I think it's dumb that it's a story. I appreciate that fans are cleaning up their own trash. I think it's fun. Yeah. I think that because someone got upset about it, I'm really glad that it has taken on a life of its own. Right. Like it's a stupid thing in a vacuum. But once someone gets upset about it, it needs to like continue <laughs> right. like more aggressively to make that person who's upset about it feel stupid. Realize that it's a totally dumb thing to be like. Upset if about. you get dumb about some, if you get uh, mad about something dumb, then we have to keep doing it so that you realize how dumb you are. Exactly. Yes. That's kind of just like more of a principle. This is a war of things. attrition. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You may have won the battle. <laughs> no, but I think like so. I agree with that point because it's it's hilarious. I love seeing teams uh, in any sport whatsoever shoot themselves in the foot for no apparent reason yes. whatsoever. Just out of the blue, just decide, hey, things have been boring around the office. Let's just you know exactly. Let's just do something stupid to make make ourselves look bad, and it just they end up looking like morons. It, it makes me laugh every time. I yeah. love outing stupid people. Oh, me too. Oh, totally. Can we talk about stupid people <laughs> for a moment? Let's go on. Boston Red Sox. Yes, Ooh, dude. twist oh, ownership. Man, so talk to me about John Henry. how stupid it was that they didn't do anything at the trade deadline. Trade I mean, deadline. All I mean, they have a bullpen with an ERA of five point six six. And Dave Dombrowski's out there talking about how he was getting calls at the deadline and people wanting to buy their relievers. 
So he's really? sitting there saying how valuable it is. I don't think there's value there at all. What are you going to do? Go get Matt Barnes? That guy's terrible. Terrible. What? Matt Barnes was on your fantasy team and for I how many him. months? No, and he was fine up until that point, but I dropped him. I got rid of him because he stinks. But they overused the shit out of him because they don't have they, – they had – so they traded for uh, Carson Smith and Tyler Thornburg, both of which are either hurt. Tyler Thornburg got DFA'd a couple weeks ago. So, like, they just are down two relievers. Then – Craig Kimbrell. So, like, they rolled into the season. We talked about this on a couple shows ago, like, with incredible arrogance to begin with about how, you know, we don't need Craig Kimbrell, which I I definitely agree. Like, paying him six years $100 million was a bad idea or whatever. He well, wanted. no one did that. No, they didn't. But, like, that's what he wanted. But he's and, still really well, good, actually, too. He's so, still really good. But, I mean, six years $100 million is a lot of money for a closer. I'd like, be interested to hear from you. Like, so... Obviously, he wanted the moon when he became a free agent, and then yeah. no one gave him anything, and he lasted until like June. He's on my fantasy team, so I've had to like keep track of yeah. when someone finally started paying him money again. Um, but in retrospect, do you think it would have been worth it to give him like a multi-year deal to show up? At the start of the regular season and, yeah. and like be I mean, your closer. So are you saying like be, like give him like a three year deal at the beginning of the season or whatever right, like or a, after the draft? What, what, did he, what did he get from Chicago? He got like a three year deal. Yeah, three year deal. Yeah. So like if you had if you had just like caved and gave, given him that, like does that feel like it pro- in retrospect would have been worth that, it? That would have been a great idea, and I would have been fine with a three year deal. But six years and that kind of money is just stupid. Yeah. You've got to pay Mookie yeah. Betts a shit ton of money coming up. You've got Andrew Benintendi. You're gonna, I mean, you're gonna have to figure out what to do with Jackie Bradley Jr. Yeah, you know, like you, you've got other guys to worry about, I think, and then you've got holes to fix as well. So, like, there's a lot going on there. I think that ultimately was just too long of a deal. But I mean, three years, yeah, you know, fifty million, I think, is what it ended up being, something like that, because it was just half what he wanted. But then the Red Sox went and did nothing. Before well, the so that's the line. problem. Like, they could have gone out and gotten like an Adam Ottavino or something like that, and actually who? done something. What? Fun fact about who? Adam Ottavino. Um, his dad is an umpire in the New York City public high school baseball uh, leagues. Really? And uh, um, some of the games that I coach. Nice. Yeah. Nice Tight. guy. Yeah. But, I mean, regardless, Twist. they could have done something. Anything. Anything. They just did nothing. And that's why I say that they really worked on off of arrogance. Of just thinking, like, going into the, like, the whole... <laughs> There's just so many things. Dave about this. Dombrowski. Dave Dombrowski's an asshole. But like to sit there and say like that they don't have bullpen problems when you've got Nathan Eovaldi as your closer, which lasted all of about a week. Hmm. I mean, that's just. I mean, it's ludicrous. The only solace I can take here is that the Yankees didn't do anything either. They had to add starting pitching, and they just didn't. Forgive, forgive my ignorance here. How did Eovaldi pan out at the in the ninth <laughs> inning? Slot? About, about what you think he would. Well, I thought he would do pretty well because he's been a pretty good starter. I actually, I just don't, I just didn't follow it enough yeah, to know. He, I mean, the thing is, he just has so much rust, and they and mm. like he's got to work through that, and that's fine. I have no problem with that, and I don't expect him to be good right away. But like, they need something to stop the bleeding now. Like they're they are putting up enough runs to win games, but far and away. Isn't it weird, like, a few years ago, the the totally in vogue thing was having just incredible bullpens, and it feels like bullpens across baseball are just not that good. What's the- I, mean, I mean, the Mets are, they're bad, but... Uh, Aside from that, yeah. Yeah, but, like, in general, it feels like a lot of the, like, the lights-out bullpens are not nearly as lights-out as you'd yes. expect. I, I think there are less, uh, there are fewer lights-out bullpens year to year than there were before like 
there are years where there are lights out bullpens. Like mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, <clears throat> the Indians had a lights out bullpen. Yep. And last year, the A's had a wonderful bullpen. Right. Um, this year, I can't really put my finger on a single team that has like that. Oh, the, yeah. Gi- the Giants sneakily have a pretty good bullpen. They tried to sell Will Smith. Will Smith, and uh, they sold uh, Mark, Mark Melanson. Melanson, yeah. Well, whether he's lights out or not is yeah. Kind of I mean, he has stuff. He's just been yeah. hurt for so long. I, I just it's one of those things too where I feel like the way pitching in general has been approached has changed, especially with your like opener pitcher and all that right. stuff. Like I think that probably makes a big difference. Too. I would yeah. add that teams, in addition to the opener component, where people are more willing to like start a game with a you know a short term pitcher, more clubs brought up young talent earlier this year than I've ever seen. Yeah. More teams were like, no, fuck it. We're like bringing up Tatis. We're bringing up uh, Zach Allen. Like, who gives a shit? We're like, we're bringing up the guys we know are good now. We're not going to wait for their service time. And we're just going to pull the trigger. I think they've taken a lot of heat for the service time thing about how the teams have been manipulated. That's definitely going to be a big portion of the CBA. And and the other piece of it. And so this came up. Again, not to bring it back to the Mets, but it, oh, please. Pete Alonso opened the season with the Mets rather than spend two weeks in the minors or whatever it is for service time. And part of that is uh, the idea that if the guy turns out to be really good, you want to lock him up to like a team friendly long term deal as opposed to try to like play this game of getting the most you can out of arbitration and all that. So it's like. You're, you, yes, you lose a year of service time if you bring the guy up at the start of the season versus like a few weeks later. But if it turns out that he's really good, you're just going to sign him to like a you know six-year team-friendly deal yeah. anyway. So that year of service time doesn't matter nearly as much. And that's been like an interesting shift in the last maybe like two years in terms of mindset. The Braves have been big about that with like Ozzy Albies and yes. Acuna and all that. And like that, that's really not a great deal for the player. At the not end. at all. They no. locked both those guys up for like yeah. minimal money given their talent. Although Albies hasn't really panned out as well as he did last it's year. It's looking better for him right now. But I mean, in the longer term, I think he signed like a six-year deal, didn't he? Yeah, and I, I love that for the yeah. Braves. And they're, and they're I love my it for NL him team. At the end of the day, yeah. I mean, it is more assurance if you get hurt or something like that. I mean... You're really gambling on yourself there a little bit. I mean, not everybody's going to get paid like Bryce Harper at the end of the day. Yeah. Matt Harvey probably wishes that he had done that. God, right? No kidding. Sign a five-year, $50 million deal as opposed to getting... Who's Harvey? Well, this guy who got DFA'd by the Angels a few weeks ago. Hmm. Did anybody pick him up? I don't think so, right? I I don't don't remember anybody by that name. (laughs) Haven't checked. Dark Knight guy. Yeah. What a weird situation. So how are you feeling about their approach to... So it seems like the Mets really started free agency... Or free agency, excuse me, the trade deadline. Kind of, I mean, they trade for Stroman. How do you feel right. about that to start? Well, uh, this is this is very difficult. I, I feel there's like a, there's like a you know, sort of rational part and emotional part to, sure. you know, I think being any fan, but especially being a Mets fan. And I think the, the emotional part of me says... Well, suddenly we've added Marcus Stroman in exchange for Jason Vargas. So now we have this like legit rotation with a lot of depth. Because Jason Vargas is a walking like wig. Yes. Oh, yeah. Wig is an understatement. Like <laughs> really whatever is. that guy. He is Dude, he is a He's something. I don't know. He is he is something. Um but like the rational part of you says well, if I, if I were like a really smart baseball person, I would tear this whole thing down, sell it for parts and try to like be really good in the next few years when Pete Alonso is like 
kind of coming into his prime. But, and this is a huge but, like the Mets never have capable people in charge. So the idea that the idea that they could like the idea that they could trade their good assets for like fair market value, I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. And it it, it kind of seems like the Mets don't believe that either because the rumor was that they wouldn't trade Syndergaard to the Yankees or Astros because they thought the Yankees or Astros were convinced that they could make Syndergaard a lot better, which is basically saying, like, <laughs> I mean, we're too stupid to figure out how to make this guy good, right. so we're not going to trade you to him so that we don't look as bad, right. Right. which is, like, technically correct. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's and, really been going on for years in baseball. That's, I mean, well, and in some ways, the In ones. some ways, it's, like, a really refreshing change that the Mets are admitting how stupid they are. It's like, <laughs> it's like yes. We know that we are incapable of getting the most out of That's our players. That's the first of 12 steps. Yeah. 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 But, Admitting you have a problem is the beginning. But my question for you is, like, do you really think they need to burn it down? They're not that bad. Well, that, that's the thing. Is so, so right now, they have, they have like a pretty legit rotation. DeGrom, right. Syndergaard, Stroman, Mats, Wheeler, in some order. Um, and then they have Alonzo, McNeil, Conforto as like three pretty good like young players and Ramos can go off at any time yeah. Ramos can go off no doubt Dom Smith has had a really good season he has like a like 390 OBP and like he's hit, he's hitting well yeah like they have they have some guys you can play so if you were like a real big market team like say you were in like the biggest market in the country you would probably go and like sign a few good relievers and maybe another bat or two and compete yeah so the Mets could do that right but they're the Mets, so they probably won't. Well, like they're cl- they're not. So they signed a starter and traded a starter. But the thing right. is, right? They have no plan. Well, well I, I saw I saw a quote that said that Brody Van Wagenen's approach to baseball has been equated by other front office uh, GMs as a kindergartner finger painting. So that's like <laughs> really exciting I for was me. Thinking about like the spaghettios of Italian food. <laughs> yeah, the Freddy spaghetti of. <laughs> But baseball. like the, the thing is, I actually I thought I've looked at the Stroman deal a lot, and it's really not a terrible deal considering they have controllable pitching for another exactly, year. Exactly, yeah. So like at the worst case scenario, they can turn around this offseason and trade him for probably. Well, I mean, given the Granky trade, that kind of value is hard to judge in this this place. Because yeah, honest, I mean, honestly, the, the oh, defense is terrible. Like you can well, have the all the starting pitching in the world. Marcus Stroman is the number one ground ball pitcher. Yeah, right. He hits but, the yeah. contact, and, like, and you have the worst defense. Like, like, let's not turn this into a Mets podcast, but yeah. this offseason, they should take Jeff McNeil, who is <laughs> among the top hitters in all of baseball, take him from right field, where he just like learned the position this year, put him at third base, where he's used to playing, because mm-hmm. uh, Todd Frazier will leave. They still need to figure out what the hell is happening up the middle. But like they could, they could make the defense better. They could add another bat in the process, and they could have five pretty legit starting pitchers next year under team control. They have to, they have to re-sign Wheeler. That's the only yeah. free agent of the group. Which I don't. Have, I mean, I think they should have no problem doing. Probably. Ultimately. I mean, I like honestly. Like, what What do you guys think? You hear the name Zach Wheeler. Like, what does he get on the free agent market? Like just. Like signs free agent deal today. If like, he goes into mean? this offseason having had kind of this up and down season he's had this year, he had a pretty good year last year. He's been hurt most of his career. Mm-hmm. I'd give um, him eleven million a year. For how many years? <coughs> Three. 
Okay, mm. so three for 33. I, w- I would give three him three for, for 33. It, I agree that's probably his value, but I think the market itself is stupid and teams well, that's are the stupid. Thing. Well, that's what I would give him. If, if right. I'm JD on the Rangers, I'm picking up Zach Wheeler. I'm pushing for Zach Wheeler. But the thing is, Buddy, I can't wait to talk to you about that in a minute. If, if, if his market is <laughs> oh, three boy. for 33 and the Mets gave him three for 45, I would be okay with that. I would be thrilled with that. Like, I mean, I, I wanted Boston like I, to try to trade for him whenever that, those talks were kind of going on early yeah, on. Yeah, like I, I think where it gets silly is if, if he somehow gets like five years and like double digit millions a year. It's like okay, like those he's not he's not that good. Gone. <clears throat> I guess I don't know. Like, I, that's hard to say. I mean, but if, got, I mean, we were just talking about it. there are only so many Bryce Harpers out there, right? right. Like, but like at the end of the day, those like, are position players. Well, I know, but I'm just saying, like in general, like those those kinds of deals have really gone by the wayside. But yeah. they're yeah. still out there, some. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I could see him getting five years. I just don't know what the money would be. I guess I I guess my my thought is I would take a chance on running it back with that rotation next year, <clears throat> if it meant not like betting the farm on Zach Wheeler. If you're just paying like a 10 to 15 million dollar amount for like not forever mm-hmm. i think that's probably worth it for the mets to try and then they should act like a team that's in new york and they should they should sign a couple of start to be aggressive yeah, yeah. they should they should sign some relievers they should sign another couple bats and they should like make a run at it because i mean that is a really good rotation that's yeah i i don't know i, th- I think that's that's got to be in the top five of rotations so last Mets guess. question for you then yeah Given that Brody seems to be some sort of fifth grader. Right. Kindergartner. Kindergartner. I mean, <laughs> this seems like an obvious no, but I mean, do you trust him running this organization at this point? Oh, no. But I, I mean, is it anything worse than what, what's been out there? Well, I think, I think let's, let, this is important that we're capturing this now in the summer of 2019. I think the way this will play out is this offseason, <clears throat> he'll fire Mickey Calloway because mm-hmm. he needs his guy. Right, you, as a GM, you need sure. to have your yeah. guy. I get so, it, like, but... discount whatever season you have with whoever you inherited. Mm-hmm. He'll hire someone bad. They'll collaboratively lose for the next year or two. Brody will trade away whatever young talent we have in the farm system. The team will be really bad. There will probably be some scandal, and then like around twenty twenty two, we'll start fresh. Okay. And then I guess I'm looking at maybe 2025, 26 mm-hmm. for like my big uh, run. So yeah, I, I don't have any faith in Brody. <laughs> okay, and yeah. I get that. I mean, I don't blame you. Yeah, I think he like ultimately it's it seemed like it was really confusing because he started out with the Stroman deal, which I like I said I, I'm fine with just because you can't flip the asset at the end of the day. It may not matter anyway. Yeah. And so like I'm fine with that deal. It just didn't seem like they really did anything else. Like the the Syndergaard stuff was really weird. And I, I don't know. Yeah, it just—it seems like an uncohesive mess. At one point, it it kind of felt like they were taking Stroman in to try to like gain leverage on what they could get for Syndergaard, but it also like I think in retrospect felt like a guy who has been an agent who doesn't really know what he's doing and <laughs> yeah. suddenly is now in charge of a team. It's like, like oh, a, wait, shit, I'm on the other side of this now. Right. I gotta, was, in lieu was, of there being a band, can I say it was an uncohesive Mets? I Ooh. actually kind of thought Ooh. of that, but I decided to skip past it. But Crickets. I'm glad you brought it down. Crickets. Crickets. Uh, okay, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it and see, though. I, I think that's a good point about Mickey, and it just doesn't seem like he has a whole lot of control, but I mean... How could you? I don't think he's up for like the New York market either. I yeah, mean, I think that's he's tough, man. 
he's not he's not a dumb guy like he was obviously he was part of the indians when they went to the world series but um i think new york is weird you need kind of you need more than just like a capable baseball mind you need someone who's gonna like deal with the crazy and he's not up for dealing with the crazy but why is you, it so crazy it's not that important because you have people like francesa that just <laughs> cram it down people's throats and then you've got to like that gets annoying like it gets annoying to us right. so like if you're getting you know hammered by those kinds of guys all day every day yeah. this is probably a topic for another time but i don't understand the the new york sports mentality like oh you got to deal with the craziness it's like Shut up! Why is it so crazy? Just do we just the, have do more people thing. paying attention. It's like it's like there are a bunch of like shitty tabloids that everyone's are gonna... paying attention. This is a global market. It's so stupid. But it's no. It's, there there are like there are like five newspapers that will write an article about how bad the Mets are in in New York. Newspapers? Well, okay. it's it's so many people like Rico Bosco that we talk about that are just yeah. hardos that don't know. So they follow those no, kinds of things. Yeah, and I mean, that's, they're, they're that's just the like, there are a lot of people paying attention in, in New York. Like there are a lot of people who pay attention to sports to then tear down the people who are involved in those sports for entertainment value. Sure. That doesn't exist in like Minneapolis. Right. Yeah. It's, it's the radio like, it capital of the world. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They but, have lakes and But art they're professionals. And, they should be immune to this shit. Yeah. It's the but same. But they're not though. That's the thing. It's like if you're Mickey Calloway, you were super successful in Cleveland where, like, but like Bruce really Bochy going... is immune, immune to that shit. What? Yeah, like, but nobody cares ton... about the Giants. But there's tons of managers in non-New York cities who are totally immune to this shit. Like, yeah, why, why they, New York? Why, they, is it, why are they I think, so? I think it's an interesting question to ask. Like, how someone would perform if they went from wherever they were to New York? Like, Bochy is a you know he's a he's a wall. He's a really like yeah. He probably could because he's just gonna be like. I don't give a shit about yeah, any of this. Fuck you. But like, not everybody can do that, especially people from Cleveland. So they're hiring right. soft <laughs> people. In New- they're hiring soft people in New York. I just think if no, you come but, from like, Cleveland, like you're you're like ready. You have a chip on your shoulder for no reason, and then you're ready to like be trolled by, sure. by the, New York media. The Boston <laughs> market's the same way, though. the The media has been aggressive for years. That doesn't make it okay. Just because it's not the same. okay. It's fucking not okay at all. That's <laughs> why so we do stupid. what we do. It's ridiculous. It's incredibly stupid. It really is. It's and it boggles my mind. Like, I've, I've never lived in either city, and I'm not a fan of either city's sports teams. Sure. But they just, like, they they bubble up every little bit of Dude, news Dude, it's terrible. They do. And the, every little bit of news that gets bubbled up somehow bothers the clubhouse on these teams, right. whether it's the Knicks or yeah. the Mets or the Red Sox or the Celtics. Yeah. And it seems so goddamn juvenile. Like it is. Your your cities aren't that special. I'm really yeah. sorry. They're not special. Well, I'll give you an <laughs> but, example. Uh, like, well, I'll give you an example real quick. Like uh, the Celtics this year, a great example of Kyrie Irving leaving. So like Kyrie Irving said at the beginning of the year, like I want to be here. But and this Boston does this. Like the media does this in every sport. It's no different than any of them. But they'll they sat there and badgered him. Do you want to be here every single night that you have a bad game that you you know, make a mistake or whatever. Oh, well, you made that mistake. Does that mean you don't want to be here? Do you not want to re-sign with the Celtics? And, it, like, you can only say yes to that so many times before you're just like, I'm fucking done with this. And it just takes a certain type of person. You're one of those people where you can withstand that shit all day long. You don't fucking care. No. But, but like, certain people do. And that's, like, it's the emotional shit. That's it's exactly like right. It's like chairs in your office. It's like, Bobby you know, that shit. Bobby like, Knight. yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's a real thing I, in that yeah. sense. And I think that's where it gets to these guys and where that matters more, especially yeah. in, like, the radio yes. capital of the world. Yeah. Some, some people get just like chewed up 
and they they can't take it. And it's like it's understandable. It's really mean what some of these yeah. these companies do. Like like the news outlets in New York and Boston, like they're they're fucking mean. Like they yeah. they really try to like get at your soul, and some of them win at it, uh. and it's bad. But like we need to know that that's like part of the territory, and we need to hire like. A mix of like stone cold killers and crazy people yeah. to yeah. run to yeah. run everything. I get it. I'm sorry. I totally derailed us with that. No, it's no. Good. I think it's this a is. Great I, think, I think we just got at something really meaningful. I think I've just been talking to both of you like too much too often <laughs> recently about your shitty sports teams, right? Yeah. And the media like talk just. It, it, I don't get it. I don't yeah. understand. Um, and, and like I said, I mean, you put your voice out there all the time. You don't care. It doesn't bother you. And like certain people, it does. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I don't care either, but it bothers people. Yeah. You know, and I think that's it. Just get getting under your skin and poking and poking and poking. Yeah, I, I would care. get it, though. Like no one's no one's micromanaging my day job. And that that would get to me. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the their other day thing job. To remember, right? too, is like these guys live in a time where it's like. You, yeah, okay, so you get paid $100 million or whatever to deal with the fact that people are watching you all the time. But at the end of the day, we're still humans, and people are watching you all the time. Right. And so it's like when you try to interpret people's actions, it's like maybe Bryce Harper just wanted to go hang out in L.A. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's got a shit ton of money. Why wouldn't he? <coughs> you know, and all of a sudden that means he's going to the dot. You know, like that's how that shit perpetuates. He's, got that, he's got that L.A. hair. Yeah. yeah, he does. Maybe he's been famous since he's 17 and hasn't really grown up as an adult. And yeah, It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. But yeah, I, I think that's an interesting question, though. Like, I, I totally get it from that side of it. I've thought a lot about it, too, because I've, like, I think, though, like, over time, as, like, stuff like what we're doing has gotten bigger and, like, you know, as you've had more people have voices, it's, like, deafened down the, like, Dan Shaughnessy's of the world because that guy sucks. Shank. And, like, yeah, it just, like, those people are just the worst, you know? And, like, even Francesa, right. to an extent. Oh, like, sure. Yeah. He's still popular because I think it's, like, his... Like, it's his legend, right? And, like, he's an old cranky man that's ridiculous. <clears throat> I mean, he's... It's, we it's weird to try, try to, like, frame Francesca's place in the world because he's, like... So, so everyone... We, we all call him the sports pope. Mm -hmm. He's, like, he's... I, I grew up listening to Mike Francesa, but I always hated his opinion. Yeah. And it was, like... I just... I was, like, waiting for the day where, like, you know, I'd listen to an episode and he would like give the Mets credit because yeah. he, would, he would always be yeah. like, like the Mets are terrible. Yeah. And it, Which is not wrong either, but yeah. But like, he's, he's like a very ill-informed guy. He doesn't really like try that hard to like yeah. learn about what's going on. And yet he just has this, this place of authority. And it's like, it's mostly well-deserved because he's, he's an icon, but it's also just kind of preposterous that people continue to, you know, care that much about what he has to say. It's very true. All right, we got real derailed, but so I, I yeah. we'll see how the Mets do. I think that's I think that's going to be sure. Yeah, I, I think it's probably going to be about the the same result as we usually get. Probably. Uh, I really am uh, like astounded that the Rangers did nothing as well. The Rangers sold nobody, no one. They had a lot. Well, okay, they <clears throat> they made some minor deals, none that are even worth mentioning. They did not sell Mike Miner. They did not sell Lance Lynn, Hunter Pence, um, Danny Santana. All these really good players with lots of potential. Um, there, there are players that they didn't sell that had a lot of potential. There are players they didn't sell that have um, great stats right now who are doing really well. Um, you think about the starting pitching market and Lance Lynn and Mike Miner. We're talking about like two top 20 starters and the Yankees didn't call 
or maybe, maybe well, we don't know the, yeah. the circumstances or the details. But it sounds but. like JD kind of made his stance known pretty quick. So I mean, if they're not calling, I mean, the Rangers did no major sells, right? And or we've buys, give, we've given it or buys. Yep. You're right, and we're, we've given up on the season, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think as fans, probably. I think we're working towards having a good opening season at the new ballpark. Okay, that is the only reasonable explanation for such a non sell off mm-hmm. when you have uh, controllable assets short term yeah. that you're not selling off. I agree with that. I, that's the only plausible explanation is that ownership wouldn't let him burn it down. But, but it's it's ridiculous because it's like heaven forbid that they don't want to spend money when taxpayers just got done paying for, or, or paying for this new ballpark that they're about to open. I mean, it's yeah. not like it's out of their pockets. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, political natures aside, for sure. I mean, that I I think JD is still hamstrung by by yeah, ownership. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I mean, they, they want to sell a lot of air conditioned seats next yeah, season. Sure. And they want Lance Lynn and they want Mike May- Miner to be their one two guys. And I, you know, I kind of get it. I, yeah, I, I see the logic. I see the vision for sure. You're going to have to re-sign but Mike Miner, right? We're going to have to re-sign Mike after next year. And okay. Lance, we have Lance for two, two years. more years. Okay. Cool. And then Hunter Pence, I'm. I think not... he's here on a one year, or he's there on a one year deal. Yeah. Well, he'll re-sign with for us sure. regardless. I, I would have liked to have sold Hunter Pence as a rental and then signed, signed him, him in back. the winter. Yeah. As uh, give him a three year deal and yeah, see what happens exactly, and that would have added some excitement to it. I just, I, I just ultimately, it's really hard for us to say right because we know what should happen. Yes, we know what the recipe is to burn a team down to make it better in the ultimate. But long I mean, run. it's but, not reaching like Mets levels of incompetence. No, they're not that bad. They're not that bad. And that's kind of the problem. Like yeah. we need them to kind of they're go in, one way or the other. They're caught in purgatory. But you man. know, if they had lost ten, they're they're literally at five hundred right now. Um, and I don't, you know, if they're four games under, I don't think that's going to make a difference. If they're four games over, that's not going to make a difference either. We need them to, like tip the scales. Maybe something would happen. But yeah. what direction it, would you pick? I would pick down. Like fucking tank it and sell some shits. Like they give have the Yankees, Mike yeah. Miner. And like, let we're not going to get a Clint Frazier out of that deal or anything like that. But there are plenty of relief prospects in that in that system. We could pick something up. Mm-hmm. I would have loved the Red Sox to have picked up Mike Miner as a reliever. That would have been great. You know, I mean, he, they could have done that if they were if they were willing to trade him. But they weren't. That's all. I mean, we already talked about that. So. Yeah. Well, but I'm Red... just saying there are tons of teams out there where they could have sold to. Uh, yeah, I think you're equally as upset that the Red Sox didn't buy as I am that the Rangers didn't sell. Yeah. And right. while I'm going to be super happy to see, I'm going to guess Lance Lynn is going to start opening day as as a Ranger in Probably. 2020. That's going to be great. But like the long-term benefits of selling off these good now assets could be so beneficial in like the 2021 season. Yeah, when you don't have um, much of a farm system. It feels very short-sighted to make a really like grandiose pomp and circumstance opening season at a new ballpark. And I, I, that, I keep harping on that because I think that's the only logical reason that they're doing it. I agree. And maybe there's other reasons. I, I just think JD's been a little hamstrung again. It, it's got to be. I mean, like we were saying earlier, I mean, that, you've got that's the only plausible explanation there is. I mean, at the end of the day, like they had so much talent they could sell and they don't have a whole lot in the farm system. The only the only notable move they made, they they gave Chris Martin to the Braves for a guy named uh, Colby Allard, okay, who is their number 10 prospect in the Braves system. I don't hate that. He's, he's had a mixed 
um, showing in in the MLB. I think he has like a 12 ERA in the MLB Yikes. over one start. But uh, he shows start. potential. He's one of those guys where like if you give him the right coaching, he might do pretty well. Yeah. Um, so I, I look for. I think that was a good trade. That was. We have value now that we want to trade to a team who has value in the future. Correct. And they gave us that value for the, that potential value. That roll of the dice, I, I actually liked that move a lot. I agree, but you need more of those because they're not going to pan out most of the time. So you've got to right. just keep rolling the dice. Yeah, you That's can't the, just roll the dice the one time and be like, well, it didn't work. Let's never do that again. Right. Um, I saw the other day that the Red Sox have the worst farm system in MLB right now where, I mean, five years ago they had the best. Yeah. You know, so it's, I mean, it's always cyclical. That's what you're trying to do, but you can't be caught in purgatory forever. Yeah. Like, it just, like, you can't just keep waiting for these, like, seasons to be like, okay, well, now that Elvis is gone, we can tear it down. You, you yeah. can't do that. Like, it just doesn't work like that in baseball. To, to that point, uh, when I met Sam, that was, like, 2012. So the, the Rangers were coming out of their, basically, their Prominence. peak. Yep. Uh, that's the best the Rangers have ever been, was, was making those World Series runs. Yep. They were so good, um, too. Looking back on what is, you know... Not yet a decade, but like quite a few years. We're closing years. in on 10 years from that. Yeah. yeah. So, like, wh- what's that roller coaster been like in terms of, uh, like, at one point it was we need to add pieces to, like, get over the hump versus, okay, now's the time to turn it, like, tear it all down well, and get prepared that's, for the future. That's kind of the problem, right? We were at an all time high. We were one strike away from winning the World Series. And. We never really dove all the way down. We never burned it down and said, Let, let's restart. Right. We kept thinking that, you know, we, we have most of the pieces from that season. Let's give it another go and let's Which see what we can do. A lot of times. I didn't hate it after uh, the second World Series appearance. I guess that was 2013, 2012. No, the, 20, uh, yeah, no, 2011, right? Pretty sure it was 2010 and 2011, something like that. So the 2012 season when they didn't burn it down. Right. That's uh, when they had like Lance Berkman and all I didn't, those guys. I didn't hate that. But after that, they continued to say, we're so close. We're so close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're so close. And they never said, let's burn this fucker down. And now we're in 2019. And they're doing the same fucking shit. Right. They're not burning it down all the way. Um, so there wasn't really a roller coaster. The roller coaster was in the World Series, right? It was like yeah. we're great, we're really great, and then we just fucking we plateaued at mediocrity, and we've net we're literally at five hundred right now. Like right. still there's mediocre. nothing. Yeah, we're so medium. It's crazy. Well, and they didn't really like. They kept making really weird trades, like with Ryan Dempster. Like they trade for Ryan Dempster at one point. They trade for Matt Garza at one point. Like th- those things. Like I don't know why they did any of that. You know, those were the times where it was like just sit pat. You know, you guys aren't that good anyway right now. Sit pat. Don't trade those prospects away and no. see how it goes. But, I mean, they lost Josh Hamilton. They never really figured out how to deal with that. Josh they, Hamilton lost himself. Well, yeah, they, they caught lightning in a bottle for sure. But I'm talking about production-wise. They never figured out how to patch that. By bringing in someone like Lance Berkman, I, I don't know what the hell they were thinking. I loved moment. watching him slip on his ass once in foul territory. Oh, my God, I know. That's my so favorite great. Lance so Berkman great. moment. But just moves like that have been very confusing over time. And, like, that since you two contract... Which has turned out to be okay, but he's been is, really good he's been all great. the seasons. He, he has his OPP. He's been, he's, he's been as advertised. He's on base guy. Right. He gets hit a lot. 
<laughs> but it's he, he walks a lot yeah. and he hits a lot of he hits for power and for average. He's been good. He does, but the problem is they just weren't a team that needed to sign somebody like that right that point. You, at that point, this is a stupid question. How good would the Reds be if they still had Shinsu Chu, dude? Right they, now, probably pretty good. They missed they missed offense this year, and that's it. Their rotation is legit. Yeah. No, I, I mean, for sure. I mean, now, now adding Trevor Bauer to it, I mean, yeah. what do you guys think of that trade? Trevor Bauer. All right, so Trevor Bauer went to the Reds. Correct. In exchange uh, from, from uh, let's see, sorry. From the Cleveland. Yeah, from Cleveland. Cleveland got Yasiel Puig and a prospect named Scott Moss, who's a lefty pitcher, Correct. kind of a no-name. Uh, Cleveland also got in that trade Franmil Reyes and Logan Allen from the Padres. Mm-hmm. Franmil Reyes, I think, has like almost 30 home runs this People year. People love Franmil Reyes. He's yes. going to have a breakout season next year. He's been on my fantasy team for yeah. much of the season. I have it on good Especially- authority from a friend who has quite good ties with the, the Padres Oh, that Franmil Reyes is, quote, an absolute legend. Okay. Wow. So I believe that's coming from blocked. Like, they just have so many young guys that are right really good. they have a lot of young guys yeah that that says a lot coming from the town that spawned tony gwynn that's right boy we're gonna have to dive into we that. have we have a yeah, yeah. We're gonna, that's for another day while we're here i think we'll <laughs> so in that. exchange uh, san diego got an outfield prospect named taylor Tran- trammel Trammel. yeah trammel i know nothing about him but apparently he's like one of the top prospects top prospects in, for in the, the game Reds. yeah so any relation to alan trammel or bubba trammel good question <laughs> not sure yeah. I think the clear and immediate winners on that that that's really the only big trade that happens. Other than Granky, uh, yeah, Granky, they, they really snuck that one in there. I think we yeah. should get to that. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. But. This is the only three team trade that happened, and the Indians are the clear winners. They walked Absolutely. away with some right. relief. They walked away with two outfielders. I mean, what could go? Ro- I mean, yeah, they They've lost Trevor really Bauer, but he's a fucking headache. Yeah, and yeah. it sounded like they wanted to get rid of him regardless of what happened. Also, what's interesting is that the Indians are one of those franchises where they they can't they can't play at the like upper levels of salaries. So like they can only withstand a player for so long before they're like, See. we literally can't keep you around. Yeah, no, it's very true. And they're they're like it's it's like it's like very uh, acute versus you know like a you know the Met the Mets are bad. And they like play like a small market team, but if they had a really good guy, they could pay him the money. Cleveland like can't pay people right. a lot of money, so once once a guy reaches a certain threshold, they're like, "We need to deal you before we can't afford you." Which makes sense. It's not Which a terrible totally, way to do it business. It totally makes sense. It's unfortunate because like all of these franchises play against each other, so like it it sucks but but i mean yeah. you're going to have that they ha- yeah it has to happen and and it has to happen for them and they do a pretty good job of like replenishing the pool um consistent sort of sort of like a year early rather than a year late for the yeah. most part i mean could you imagine if they still had michael brantley in the outfield oh my god be electric i mean they pretty much replaced that hole though they did. but they real i mean his health was always a, a factor you and i've talked about that a ton but he's had a great season he's had year. a great season because he's been healthy that's wonderful and we always knew he'd be but i mean that was still production they had to, to replace and they didn't really do that but the the difference between them and a bad team like my team or your team per at bad they, he might be the most valuable player gotta be gotta be up there but they actually went out and did something you yeah. know and i think that's the bigger difference here i think i i 
always love the moves where a team manages to get better and younger at the same time. Yes. That is impressive to me, especially for an asset that you don't really need with their pitching coming back healthy the way it's supposed to. Like, they're probably just not going to need Trevor Bauer that much. I mean, you and I talked about that before the deadline, and I just, it really felt like they, you don't want to, this has been a rickety ship so far, but I mean, they've been really good for a while now. Yes, they have been good for a while, and, you know, they're going to get, uh, the Indians are going to get back uh, Corey Kluber here in a little bit. Correct. To, to fill that slot. They just activated Danny Salazar. Those three guys. Carrasco as well is coming back soon, oh, right? Uh undecided he's still dealing with the the like low grade leukemia right um issue okay but i thought i'd heard his like coming back or something but yeah. the indians the, it's so strange that they s- decided to trade him i mean there's no doubt the long-term benefit is there but they have been a pitching first team for so long mm-hmm. and that's how they've been winning games so they've essentially traded their best pitcher currently on the on the rotation for a lot of bats and I, I actually kind of like that. I, I, think, I like that too, actually. It's, it's definitely a shift, especially with this juice ball shit and all that. I mean, oh, my God. With yeah. this small pill or whatever. Yeah. Whatever the fuck they're saying. That's a whole other thing. So can we talk about the Braves for a little bit? Because Absolutely. Because I think they made, by volume, maybe the most moves. And I, I actually the right moves, too. The right moves. I, can't, I don't even know if I can cite all of the moves off the top of my head i know they acquired shane green from the 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 tigers the tigers who was their closer correct the just to state overstate this for like the millionth time the braves have like severe bullpen issues correct they've had decent starting pitching outstanding offense and like no no bullpen issue like no bullpen to speak of at all. Correct. So they got Shane Green to cover the ninth inning from the Tigers. They got Mark Melanson from the from the Giants, who is question mark. Yeah, right? it's just gonna be a matter of health with him. So I mean, they got like the Giants paid majority of that contract is kind of what it looks like, I think. So I mean, I think there's like a a significant. It felt like there was a significant drop-off really quick, that, and they filled those holes because they're one of those teams where they spent a long time like building with those pieces, and now they're at a point where they're able to trade some of those pieces that are filling up. You know, they I aren't going to get chances. We're talking about a team that's already leading the NL East, which right. is usually a highly competitive division. Um, the Nats are hot on their heels, I would say. I was the Nats have absolutely that. no chance, but... I don't I mean, think they're for real, dude. I, I think you don't think the Braves are for real. No, the the Nats are for oh, real. Oh no, the Nats are definitely not for real. Yeah, I agree. I, with that. I believe the the Braves made the correct moves to actually uh, make this happen. Strength. They're gonna. Up. I think they'll win the division. They'll go into the DS strong. Handedly, I think they'll win the division. I mean, they're far and away. The Phillies should be the best team, but they're just not. Yeah. So. Can I? I'd like to talk a little bit about maybe a fringe move that we haven't talked about enough. Please, and that's Nick Castellanos going to the Cubs. Hell yeah, I love Nick that Castellanos move. is the JD Martinez of this year. Correct, and him going to the Cubs like adds a significant bat to that lineup. It does. It's funny though because so this kind of almost I was looking at this the other day. It goes back to the. NLAL thing at the end of the day though you take him out of the AL and put him in the NL and like at the end of the day you still have a slot in your lineup that has a 193 batting average right and it's like power just doesn't do as much to the A or to the NL as it does to the AL so I was surprised that they went that direction with it but I mean their pitching's been pretty good yeah it's all mostly former Rangers pitchers at this point but I mean I think the Rangers did well to get 
get those people out of there. I mean, at the end of the day, you got to do what you got to do. But like, it is still for all former Rangers pitchers for whatever reason. Yeah. So I mean, it's I mean they're all pretty good though. Like Lester hasn't had a great year, but I mean he's still like a three four guy. I know you're not a big Lester believer. Not a not a Lester. Yeah, I liked him three or four years ago. I don't like I don't like for the contract size mm. and what he is. I don't like that. I'm now. not on board. No, I get it. But yeah, I just I, I think the Braves did a lot though to add add. I think they're legit. I've got a bet for them to win 92-plus games. And I did the math this morning. I was on the Uber at, like, 345 this morning. Yep. And they have Pretty to cool. they, <laughs> they have, to have no a deal. win-loss record of 490 or above to, to beat that spread. That's easy. And they're, they're right at, uh, like, 542, oh. 542 right now. Yeah, they're going to crush that then. They're going to so, be fine. I'm going to win 20 bucks from this guy in my office. Pretty good. Sick. Jimmy, something that Tight. we did the other day. Tight. Um, or I started to work on. We're gonna do probably like a full episode over it. But I've uh, I've basically figured out what it would look like if you put MLB teams into like EPL type Champions League type really? format relegation like rel- nice. like relegating Perfect. teams and That's everything. That's what we need, dude. I agree. And like I basically we're gonna work on it. We're gonna have it figured out pretty soon. But like I've simulated two or three seasons of records to see, and I've built some like models to see like what they're. Basically, how to figure out win loss against like you know the Rangers versus Reds and stuff like that that like teams that never play and whatnot. Right. And so um, anyway, I've been working on on the relegation thing. So we'll get talking about that more. So so I'm glad you're doing this because this is really important. Um, is because it <laughs> well here here's the thing is I I saw a list in like the last month that was uh, it was highest valued professional sports franchises in the world mm-hmm. um, for 2019. And the Mets were on that list. The Mets were like 38 okay. of top 50. Okay. And uh, they were number six of professional baseball franchises. So let's pause right now between Justin and Sambino. What are the top five? Top five MLB so knowing no, that the Mets sports. are the sixth most most valuable oh, MLB. MLB franchise, yeah, who are the five ahead of them? Yankees, Yankees, Red Sox, Red Sox, Sox two, Dodgers, three, Giants, four. Um, value wise, there's some Cardinals. Nope. Ooh, there's some glaring hole we're missing. Yeah, um, it's a glaring hole. You'll get when you get it. You'll be like shit. Nationals. Nope. Worth less than the Mets, even though the Mets are bad at baseball. Also bad at baseball. The Phillies? Also worth less than the Mets. Nope. Also worth less. The Mets are the most valuable franchise in the NL East. Okay. Interesting. Hmm. Also worth more than the Astros because Houston, whatever. Who's number five? I'm not going to tell you. You got to guess. The Angels? Nope. Mariners? Nope. Should I just run down? You're the list? <laughs> you're, you're, you have missed such an obvious one. Like I kind of want to let the you guys. Padres, is it? No. What did, we, uh, what did we say? We said think of the Yankee, biggest cities. So Yankees, Mets, Dodgers, Giants. Mm-hmm. We're missing. You're missing one big city. So we got two Californias and two New Yorks. Think of one of the top five population-wise cities in the country. You're missing one. It's not Minnesota. That's why I said Minnesota, Houston. Right? Is it Minnesota? No, no, okay. <laughs> no. It's it's stop other, acting like it was so easy for you one. to know. Well, I, I yeah, got I feel it. Like I guess this I guess it. It's like twenty twenty, asshole. <laughs> I guessed it in the moment. Um, 
Oh, the Cubs. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's just two teams there. One doesn't matter. So, you know. Why didn't right. we think of that? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You're right. Okay. You're right. Whatever. That's still interesting, though. Yeah. It's inter- Well, and, and so what's frustrating about that is, you know, it, it's re- it really sucks that the Mets can be so bad and yet accrue value because right. the Wilpons are not, like, they, they particularly talented business people. No. And so this is the only thing they have. But neither is James Dolan. It's the same kind of thing. Yeah. yeah it's the exact <laughs> same problem. Yeah. It's like I would much rather have, like, an eccentric billionaire like Steve Ballmer be our owner. Yeah. Like, I, I, I want, like, a bozo who was really successful at business who wanted a, like, vanity ownership yeah. versus a... My dad bought a, a, a franchise in the 70s, and now no, I'm the owner, and I have nothing else going for me except that my dad bought a franchise in the 70s, right. and things have really turned out great for me. Like, that's that's so brutal. Like we just, we just have agree. a bunch of clowns that run run a majority of things that I root for, which is really difficult. <laughs> I know the feeling. Okay, so the last bit. So, is there anything else before we talk about the Granky trade? Just the Granky trade is the last thing on my list. Let's Dude, do it. the goddamn Astros bought themselves at least a slot in the World Series here. No shit, they've you got. Think so? Yeah, Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, you, and now Zach Granky, and also Aaron think, Sanchez. They traded like the well. They got Sanchez. Yeah. Sanchez sans blisters could be really good. Right. The AL is so good. Like, do you really think that like that that is literally buying themselves a pass over the Yankees and Red Sox? Absolutely. Yes. Really? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I know on the Boston side. Yes. Wow. I mean, the Yankees would be tougher, but I don't think they have the starting pitching. They don't have the starting pitching, and pitching will beat hitting every time. Yep. You think so? Over think a seven so. game set, definitely. Over set. Yeah. Shit. And you know the Dodgers, they it's basically Astros Dodgers in my mind at this point. Yeah, that's kind of where my head's at too. And I, I mean, I, I, I still give it to the Astros. That was my initial prediction, and I'm you know, I I am actually glad that they are in the Rangers division because the Rangers are getting to see firsthand how to do it right as the Astros eat the Rangers lunch every fucking every twelfth game. Yeah, it's true. That's a good point. And I, I just I feel like they. They were good to begin with, and they're not going to be able to hold on to all of that pitching. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, Garrett Cole's probably gone. Like, they're just yeah. not going to be able to pay that Verlander's much. a little old. So, so acquiring controllable pitching is even more brilliant here, and the Diamondbacks have already paid a good amount of the front end of that contract, Yeah, and they traded away. I mean, I was surprised that Kyle Tucker wasn't involved in that deal. I mean, overall, I was really, really surprised. They that, kept Whitley as well. Yep. They they kept a lot of their good prospects. So, I mean, like, they did well. But outside of those two, they gave their three best po- prospects away. Yeah. They're going all in. They know they can win it again, and I, I think they will. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I, think, I still think the Dodgers have a really good shot at this. Like, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how these next month and a half goes, man. You know, I really like the way that the Astros are really good and the Dodgers are very good in very extremely different ways. Correct. The Dodgers construct themselves around, like, matchups, and they will pick up pieces that will do well in certain circumstances and throw those guys out there, and they'll just crush. Mm -hmm. And then the Astros are just consistently, like, an 800-ball club, practically. Oh, yeah. Like, they just, I mean, I can't even imagine what their run differential is at this point. I'm sure it's just outrageous. And, I mean, they, they and George Springer is getting healthy, too. That's the other thing. So, yeah. like, you know, they they and they just got Carlos Correa back. Like, Altuve's right. kind of heating up. Like, they've got a lot going for them. It's going to be a really interesting playoff uh, prospect with that. I think that pickup for them is yeah. just 
that's the the sneaky best trade. Well, and I mean, if you remember the playoffs last year, I mean, Boston went through them like a buzzsaw with their lineup. I mean, they probably they, they did that to everybody. Yeah. But like at the end of the day, their pitching just couldn't hold up. So right. I mean, this is, and I think this is good for Granky too. I think he's always. I, I thought it was weird that he was in Arizona before, but I my hat was always off to Lavulo and. Mike Hazen have been able to make that happen. Well, that was a, that was a Granky thing. He has like right. uh, you know anxiety. anxiety stuff. Yeah, no, he doesn't and, deal well in the big spotlight, and we don't know how he's going to fare in the spotlight. And, and that's a playoffs. good point too. Yeah, exactly. But I think it's probably. He, I feel like he's built a lot of, like playing in a small market after coming out of playing for the Dodgers has got to be. Like, I hope that's a boost. To that's him. what I'm saying. I, I would think it would be helpfully be a boost, boost in confidence. You would yeah. think, and the, and the Diamondbacks have been really good the last few years. So I think that they did well to to get that contract off the books. And they sh- realized they shed Goldschmidt, they shed Granky, like just burn that fucker down, yeah, burn it all yeah. the way down. Like uh, I think that's so much more important to be able to recognize when you're a small market team. Yeah, I mean the big markets. I mean you can. I mean you got money to throw around. Dallas is like whatever. a medium, yeah. high medium market. Right? Should yeah. be a big market. Right? It should well, be, but football runs supreme. Football runs Texas, and Texas has two teams. Yeah. And that doesn't. What are the two? Astros, Rangers. Oh, I see. For baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for football, they've got. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know the implication. Yeah, yeah. there's three, three basketball, two football, two baseball. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty. It's pretty saturated, and uh, I mean, it's football basket- centric. It's it's football centric. No, I would say what, it's man. football, baseball, basketball. Oh, definitely. Hockey's probably above basketball at this point. People you think so? Star. People love the stars there. Mm, I don't know. There's only one team. Yeah. True. Well, who knows? But Chris regardless, Thomas. regardless, it, it's a it's an interesting market overall. But I think it's just important in small market teams, like because that's all you have. You don't you're not able to go out and sign your like, you know, Giancarlo Stanton's of the world. And but stuff they like could. That, they so. have the money. They do. No, they they're no, just like the A's. For the A's day. have the money to do whatever they want to do, and they're not doing it. Right. We're, we're just like that. The ownership is. Just a little bit more liberal with their pocketbook than the A's. Yeah. No, for sure. But, I mean, they're still just not going to spend what, like, the Red Sox are going to spend. Or what? God damn just... it. They should spend money. They should spend money, and they should sell their goddamn assets. We would be a good team. Well, mm-hmm. the, these teams need to figure out, and that's been a big I'm gonna problem I'm going to throw this baseball. microphone across the room. I know. Do it. I know what you mean. Please don't do that to our mic. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy just looked at me like, you do it. <laughs> you do it right now. <laughs> you should do it. No smile. He was just like, do it, dude. Dude. But I just think there's Let like the a, a under you have to understand what you are in, in that sense. And like they just like it's like they want to compete with the big boys. And I get that. And I think that's great. But like they don't capture that much of the fan base's attention. People are going to know who Lance Lynn is on the starting on opening day. They I do. Know, but they know like that. That's my pro- like I they feel will like, when they can go to an air conditioned seat. Right. Any time of year, exactly, and that's going to make a. I think that's going to make a huge difference. Not right away, yeah. Like three, four years down the road, their revenue streams are going to be up, and they'll be able to spend a lot more money. I hope so, and, and that's the idea, right? Like that's the whole reason you build a new facility and better, you know, everything to be able to attract talent. And I think, I do think that's a detractor. I mean, living in it every day of that heat and stuff and that in the hit, summer, the, it's you know it's classified terrible. as a hitter's ballpark, right? And pitchers don't want to go there. The fact no. that we landed guys like you, Darvish, and Cole Hamels, and we had uh, fucking Cliff Lee for a little bit. Yeah. Incredible we got those guys. Exactly. But they were a better. winning club. And that's the point is you've, it, that's, that, they figured out the formula for success. They did. You've just got to keep following that yeah. and know that it's not your year every year. And that's okay. I think we'll get there in, in two or three years. We'll be a, a decent team. But yeah. it's going to take a little bit of work. It kind of feels like every year you can do 
so many things to become to like kind of like get your lottery balls into the rolly bin and then <laughs> no follow me Rolling with this. into the what it's a scientific term. well and, and then and then it's like well either it gets picked or it doesn't and it's like i don't know like with the big market teams there there are a lot of ways that you can kind of short shortcut your way to to having more rolly balls Oh yeah, uh, you, <laughs> to keep this going. We're not going to talk about it on this show. We'll talk about it whenever we get done. But are you familiar with the David Stern cold envelope uh, conspiracy oh, theory? Oh, am I? I mean, yeah, I'm, okay. a, I'm a Knicks fan. Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, Patrick yeah, yeah. Patrick Ewing yeah. was delivered to us on a cold silver platter. Yeah, it's a wild conspiracy theory. We'll talk about it off this show. Since it's oh, it's fantastic. But yeah, it's. Uh, I feel like there, but it's become one of those things now where so this has become a thing in basketball, and um, it's like one of those things where we have like. This thing where like small market teams aren't as much of a thing anymore. And I'm hoping baseball starts and I think baseball is going that way. Like the Padres are a great example of this. Like they're a small market team. They shouldn't be, but they are. And like I, I like like we were talking well, about the Padres like on a, a past episode and I've watched a bunch of them this year just because they're actually kind of fun to watch. We've never talked more about the Padres than this season. Exactly, well, and I'm glad. Can I ask you guys? So if you say uh the Padres are a small market team, but they shouldn't be what what should be a small market team and what shouldn't be? Like, uh, is, is there is, yeah. is there a way to define that? I'm just saying they play in Southern California in some of the prettiest weather in the country. How oh, could sure. how could it not be more popular to be outside? Well, they that, have two all, they have two teams that are 80 miles away. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, that's a good point. That's it. They're they're a small market because they're not LA. Right. Right. Okay. And that's a shame. Like, I'm just like, and, it feels you know, like it shouldn't be the case. It's, it's like gerrymandering, right? I mean, like, the A's have a small market because they gave the Giants a bigger portion of the North Bay. Right. They did. They gave them broadcast. And rates. that was a total fuck up. And now they're a small market team and they make less money. Right. Boy, that's a conversation for another day. When what a bummer. Because that huh? is, that's a hell of a thing. It is congruent to gerrymandering. What a fuck up. Oh, yeah, it is. In certain markets like oh, that. Yeah, but, that. like, the Twins are always going to be small. The Packers are always going to be a small market team. Right. The A's fucked up so hard. Dude, yeah. That's all. <laughs> like, that, when you no. look back on it, and you're like, oh, just in the most in the most affluent sure. part of the country, <laughs> uh, we, we're gonna we're gonna forego that and yeah. give it to the Giants. Yeah, it's like, well, yeah, it's a okay. wild scene. Shit, it really is. But it's it's one of those things too where, like, I just I feel like it's definitely become like the Bucks are a great example in basketball where like they're a bigger deal now than they've ever been. Like nobody cares about the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, as of ten years ago, but they're. Nobody. Like the exposure and like the way we take in content, and all that has changed so much, and so it's it benefits these teams and it makes them able to sign a Manny Machado, Eric Hosmer, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and that's exciting. And like I feel like I'm hoping that that continues to spread to all sports, but especially baseball. Yeah, and I mean I've definitely we've talked about it before. I'm a pretty big proponent of expanding it by two teams, but yeah. I just don't know that they'll do that. We'll see. I mean, they're talking about sharing a team between Tampa Bay and... That Montreal will never happen. Pricing. That's so stupid. God, we went off on, the, <laughs> on that whole idea. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. I think it would be great to have people... Or have a team in Montreal, though. I, I agree. Be good. I agree. They're in, like, Portland, maybe. Something like that. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap things up. Good. good uh, we were all over the place, but we got trade deadline talk done. I think we wanted to, we got everything we wanted to get done. Nailed it. Um, we will be back. We're going to do an episode... A couple more. I don't know. We're going to do a few. Um, later on here over the weekend, Ben will be here. Ben baseball comes in tomorrow. So more to come on that. I'm sure. Great talk from him. We want to remind everyone to follow us on social media. That's at sensibly loud on Twitter and Instagram. Also sensibly loud media on Facebook 
And make sure to check out the website, sensiblyloudmedia.com, for all your latest blogs, pods, and more. We'll see you guys here a little bit later this weekend.